and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one soulful page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, Moed Katan 15, we get a little haunting, touching note on mourning the loss of a loved one. is really an opportunity to reflect on the divinity of us all. Have a listen. God stated, I have placed the likeness of my image within humans as they were created in my image. And owing to their sins, I have overturned it, as when this person died, the divine image in him was removed. Therefore, you must also overturn your beds on account of this. The Gemara asks, what is the halacha governing one who was ostracized or a leper with regard to overturning the bed? The Gemara has no answer, and the question shall stand unresolved. Here to talk to us about this haunting notion of a person's divine image being removed once he passes away as another opportunity to think of death as a reminder of what was always divine in us. I have the pleasure of welcoming back to the show one of my favorite, not just rabbis and thinkers and teachers, but really people overall, Rabbi Sari Laufer. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Now, I know that you think about these issues of, of mourning uh, in Jewish tradition, not just as, as a rabbi and a, and a writer and a thinker, but a year ago, I believe, or, or so, uh, you lost your own father. Is that correct? I did. The yard site was uh, just this week. And so I take it that the subject of, of mourning was something that you had some opportunity to think about personally as well as rabbinically. What goes through your head when you read a passage like, you know, when this person died, the divine image in him was removed? You know, I was thinking about my dear classmate, Lin-Manuel Miranda, right? In the closing of the first act of Hamilton, they talk about sort of the, the drinking song at the end of the war, and it's not this joyous glory, you know, we won. It's this, these words, the world turned upside down, right? And I think for a lot of people, I would actually say most people, um, the the process of grief, you know, both the immediate aftermath of loss uh, but also like the the process of grief is very much the world turned upside down. And so on the one hand, that image of the bed turning upside down, like it works so profoundly, right? Like this solid thing on which you sort of begin and end each and every day, like has literally been turned upside down. And so that part, I'm like, yeah, that that makes sense. I, I struggled a lot with this idea of the the divine spark being removed. And I think it's interesting that like, as Gamara sometimes does, like, it's not clear who the he's and him's are. And part of me was thinking to myself, like, God, is it that the person who died loses their divine spark, which just seems so... Harsh, right? Harsh. Yeah, it feels harsh. And, I, and in some ways, I think, at least feels antithetical to my theology, you know, and, and what we say at a grave, right, where we say this is sort of, this is only the body that returns to the earth, um, you know, the soul lives on. And to me, like, what is the soul if not that divine spark? And this idea that, like, it somehow lives on, whether it's, you know, I, I joke that I see so much of my dad and my daughter and her antics, right? We all sort of say that, right? Like, we see these pieces of the divine spark, so maybe it's that it matters. But then part of me was wondering, like, are they talking about the mourner, right? Has the divine spark been removed from the mourner somehow in that, like, sense of, of, of loneliness, that is fascinating. You know, I, I took it in a in a in a radically different direction. To me, I thought the hymn might even refer, you know, to to Hashem. I, I I kind of conjured this image of 
you know, God is almost a mosaic uh, of containing all of our images, quite literally, you know, one of those Chuck Close type photos that when you kind of walk a little bit closer, you see that the, the big image that you were seeing is actually made up of tiny little images. Uh, and, and when one of us dies, that that image is, is sort of removed. It, it's blurred. It, it is actually something that, you know, takes away from the wholeness of the divine, which I think is radical. But Yeah, that's, I think that's beautiful reading. And I think, you know, also sort of an interesting reading in light of, and I think it's important to, to note the way that this discussion, right, as is so often true in Gemara, right, is, is sort of centered within or held within a larger discussion about this idea of excommunication, right? And even, you know, in the second half of, of what you read, they talk about, you know, the person who's been excommunicated. And I think, right, they're, they're wrestling with like these deep questions of like what it means to be erased, what it means to be like, I keep going back to the word like deracinated, like literally like pulled from the roots of your everyday life. And so, yeah, like maybe there is this sense for God also of like an unmooring when a soul is lost. And maybe even one more reminder, and it's fascinating, you know, I, I didn't stop to think about the proximity of, of this issue, but maybe one more reminder of you know, be very careful with this desire to ostracize and push people outside the camp because because there comes a time in which this decision is irreversible because sure. because we have short lives. And at some point, you're not going to be able to reintroduce them into the fold. Right. And like, is there a point in our world, in our lives where like the divine spark is gone forever? That's such a that's such a lonely, tragic thought to me. And so leave us with with some kind of uh, I mean it's crass to ask for a uh, for an inspirational feel good uh, you know approach to mourning but as, as so many of us uh, have lost loved ones uh, over the course of this you know two year pandemic and as so many of us struggle with with sort of you know profound sense of sorrow is there some kind of of mantra if you will either rooted in in today's daf or sort of your understanding of Judaism teaching of mourning that we could take with us as, as we continue to grieve uh, over the ones we loved and lost? So I'm going to go back actually to the overturning of the bed. And I think about maybe it's unintended consequences or like the idea of not a silver lining, because that's not my theology, but right, like once I've overturned the bed, because I've had to, right, I am forced to, I'm not doing it by choice. I'm not feng shuiing my room. Right, like I have to do this because my whole world is turned upside down. I do sometimes wonder: is there then space for some interior design or redecorating? If I am forced to do something, well, then does it open up space to to reimagine other things? Right? Does it does it help me reimagine or strengthen or seek out new relationships? Right? Has it you know given me a thought about like, mm, actually, I want to spend my time a little bit differently now because this is the lesson that I've learned, right? I think about the ways I think both profound joy and profound grief really, really just reshape the way we see the world. And so, you know, I think the answer is not necessarily just like turning the bed right back over when you're done and going back on with your life as it was, but rather like, okay, well, you know, what, what am I going to do with this now? An opportunity for remaking the bed, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Literally. Rabbi Sari Laufer, as always, what a pleasure. And thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks. I'm going to think a lot about that image of like the the mosaic and, and God sort of like losing a little piece also. Glennon Doyle says brutal a lot, like beautiful and brutal. And I think that's that image. May we all fall uh, a little bit more on the side of the beautiful, a little bit less on the side of brutal. Thank you so much again. Um, 
This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Josh Cross, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Robert Scarmuccia, with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.